He is absolutely this massive, glorious light pouring in. This nobody sees him, that's for a little bit of time. And then forevermore, we will see him face to face. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. Great to be worshiping, whether you're here in person or joining us online, man. We are here to make much of Jesus Christ. It is all about him and all of God's people said, Man, man, celebrating Jesus with all we've got, that's why we're here. And our job is to be able to keep that focus on, man, as this world washes in, to be able to make much of Christ as we go. And hey, we're in a series here. And uh, the series has been, we launched it Easter Sunday and just a, a big time of focusing on all that Jesus is. And that, you know, our, our series is titled with one question. And that question is, what is up with this weather? Okay. No, it's not. It's not the question, but it should be at some level, right? My word, it's just up and down and all over the place. And uh, hey, praise God that we have a God who has his hand on it, no matter what is going on, no matter what the temps are outside, we have a king who is in charge. And all of God's people said, amen, man. So the title of the series, Who Is This Jesus? And as we're going after worshiping Jesus, we launched on Easter Sunday, just celebrating he is the life. Right? He is the one who has died for us and risen. He is alive. Everybody just say, he is alive. He is alive. Yeah, louder and bigger. Jesus Christ, he is alive. He is risen. He is our life. And then last week, we dove in to the beginning of John chapter 1, right? Right at the beginning there, and John having some statements about Jesus. We were looking at John 20 and the resurrection, so now we're looking at John and what he thinks of Jesus, his kind of beginnings in giving us an understanding. He started last week. He is God. Jesus is God. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God. Everybody just say, Jesus is God. I agree with you, man. Jesus is God. He is God Almighty. We celebrate him. In fact, it says in Scripture, not only is Jesus God, but he is creator. Like everything physically exists because of Jesus. He is sustainer. He holds it together by who he is. And then it talks about him being the light of the world. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. This is our God, Jesus Christ, and we worship him with all we've got. Man, as we step into today, we're going to continue in that statement of he is the light of the world. He is our hope. He is our direction, all right? So do me a favor. Turn with me, if you will, to uh, the book of John, chapter 1, starting in verse 9 here, all right? The book of John, chapter 1, starting in verse 9, as we get going with Jesus being our light and our hope. How should we respond to him? Point number one, receive. Receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Uh, Pretty basic, pretty direct. Make sure that we accept who he is and we put him in charge. Receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Starts out in verse 9 and it says, uh, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. All right? This is our God. He starts out, the true light. 
Everybody just say, that's Jesus. Right? This is Jesus Christ we're talking about here. John loves to use these metaphors, so he talks about him as the Word. He talks about him as the light, and he rolls out with that, the Word, right? He is the expression of God into this world. The light, he is showing us and revealing to us the path. He says he is the true light, which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He's the true light, which gives light to everyone. To how many? Yeah, to everyone. Don't miss that. Jesus Christ sharing his light with everyone as he's entering into this world, the expression of God in this world for us as he went to the cross, died, and rose again. Now, we have to be careful when we see a metaphor like he is the light and he gives light to everyone. Man, if you uh, understand this light giving to equal he's saving, well, then it just said he saves everyone. And in fact, Scripture says that that's not true, that some trust in Christ and some don't. So this isn't talking about salvation, but this is talking about making known the way, making clear who he is, revealing the grandeur of all that he is, the light beaming into this world, showing that he is the way, the truth, and the life, the light being shined on the path so we can know exactly what it is to follow him, that light. And some receive that light, and some choose to walk away from that light, choose to not listen to that along the way. Think of it like this. Imagine you're like walking through the woods in the night, and it's super dark. You might be like, why am I in the woods? I have no idea. Just imagine you're in the woods, and it's super dark, and you're walking through the woods at night, all right? And as you're walking, you've got a flashlight, though, so you turn it on, and you start shining it on the path so that you can see the tree stumps that are sticking up in the pathway. You can see the rocks that are there. You can see where you need to walk. And as you're shining it down, you know where to step. You're being able to understand where you're going, right? And as you're walking along, no big deal. In fact, you've got somebody with you. And as you're shining it down in the path, you're like, just watch the light on the path and you'll be fine. And as you're walking along next to him, this person keeps tripping over everything. And you're like, dude, just look down in the light. I'm shining the path. And he's like, no, I'm good. I don't need to do that. Everybody say, that's a terrible plan. Quite frankly, that's what he's saying is happening here. Jesus is shining the light on the path of what it is to trust him, to know him, and to be saved. And people are like, no, I'm good. I don't need that. I'm going a different way. And that's a terrible plan. Jesus he is the light of the world. He has shined into this world. He is offering up to all, and yet some come says here in John 3.18, actually, whoever believes is not condemned. Whoever does not believe is condemned already. He's like, listen, the following through, the seeing the light and following on the path is believing in Jesus. And for those who do, that's saved. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. Talking about Jesus, it says, he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. And can you imagine that? The creator, the God who speaks and it is, the God who holds it together by his very presence, clothes himself with humanity and steps in amongst. And the announcement goes out, God is with us. Like the Messiah King is here, the one who's going to rule over all. And the people are like, really? Where? Like, I don't know if I see it. And they were looking for some specific image. They wanted him to look a certain way. They walked away from the greatness and the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, the king of the universe, standing right 
there among them. And he was almighty. He was glorious, creator, and they missed it. It's a huge miss for so many as they refused to see. Talking about Jesus, it says he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. He came to his own, very specifically talking about his ethnicity. He came to the Jewish people, and the Jewish people didn't want to have anything to do with him. The Jewish people were like, no thanks. Remember Jesus Christ, he's following through in the Jewish kind of faith and religion and following through with the law that was written and how it was pointing to who Jesus is. And as he's kind of walking it through and living it out, he's revealing to them, I am the fulfillment of these passages. He's like, do you see me in these scriptures? And the Jewish people were like, whoa, look, be careful. You're being blasphemous. You're calling yourself Messiah. Worse, you're even calling yourself God. Jesus literally saying, I am. And they were like, no way, not with you. People literally declaring him as blasphemous. And I'll tell you this, the reality. Well, somebody was being blasphemous in that moment. Jesus is declaring himself to be God Almighty, to be the Messiah, the King, the fulfillment, follow me. And some are saying, you are not. And it is inappropriate. They're claiming he's blasphemous. The reality is they were being blasphemous in the presence of God and in the light of the king of the universe. And they're like, no thanks and I reject you. Everybody say that's a terrible plan. I agree with you, man. And in the midst of it, him walking amongst the Jewish people, they rejected him outright. He was in the world, yet the world did not know him, including even the Jewish people who had so much guidance. It says, but to all who receive, to how many? To all who receive him, who believed in his name. And the Jewish people were rejecting, but there were so many that were still coming to Christ, Gentile people and beyond. To all who receive him, to all who believe in his name. We've talked about it multiple times in the series already, but to believe, it's to admit that you are a sinner, A, to admit that you are a sinner, to believe that he is risen from the dead, B, to believe Jesus is alive, he is risen, and to confess him as Lord, like you're in charge, God. Dude, that's saved. That's receiving him. That's believing in him. When you put him in charge of your life because of you knowing who he is, Jesus Christ in charge. Do you know him like this? Hear me, man, it's not enough to say, I I know he's alive, that's great. Are you living your life where Christ is given center stage? Where you ready? Where you set your feelings down as being below any truth of who Christ is. May he get all the glory. Jesus Christ, worship him with all you've got. It's a huge calling for us to receive him, to believe in him. And it says, he gave them the right to become the children of God. This is talking about adoption. For you and me to be adopted into the home of the king. Like you got to understand, this is a massive privilege that we don't deserve. And for Jesus Christ to be offering this up and for God the Father to be bringing us into his home, king of kings, 
We are living in poverty. We are living in selfishness. We are living in sin. And he's calling us to come home to him. To be able to recognize him as father. And to see the hope that we have in him. Adopted. Made his child. Everything that's his now starts to be shared across. An inheritance given not because of how awesome we are and not because of how great our works are, not because of that, but because we believe in him, because we give him the preeminence. Please hear me. We are not saved because of works we do. And we do not keep a salvation because of works we do. We are saved because we believe he is risen and we put him in charge. I confess you as Lord. Any works that comes off of us is strictly a thank you offering. Lord, you've rocked my world. I'm giving this to you. Man, works are awesome, but they are an awesome thank you, not a way to earn salvation. We celebrate our king and we lift it up for him and we make sure it's all about him. And that is an awesome moment. May God get all the glory. And we have the right to become the children of the King. Jesus shining, our soul awakened, and we are His forevermore. We're promised about sin being removed forever. No more pain, no more sorrow. Eternity coming, and He's got it in hand. Do you know this God? And that's the privilege. May we respond to this Jesus who is the light of the world. May we truly be saved and be brought into his home. John says here, who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. John here is very specifically describing what it means to bring a physical child into this world. Not of the blood or of the will of man or of the will of the flesh. He's talking about how a physical human being's body comes into existence with the will of man coming together and there's woman and there's this blood and it's all the physical stuff. And he's like, not that. He's like, I'm not talking about a physical child. I'm not talking about a physical birth. He says, but I am talking about a spiritual child and a spiritual birth. So he says, not of the will of man, but of the will of God. But of the will of God. Our belief in him and God does a changing work as he moves in our souls. God working from the inside out, shaping us that we might run after him with all we have. Simply put, are you listening to the one who is the light of the world? Are you responding to where he shines and calls you to go? To believe in him as the way, the truth, and the life he's in charge. Are you giving your life to the king? May God get all the glory. May we receive him with all we've got. And there's no sweeter picture than being able to see a church on fire, to see believers who are running after Jesus Christ with all they've got. You know, yesterday we had a child dedication service and it was an awesome time. We rallied together uh, the 38 uh, kids who were being dedicated and all of their uh, moms and dads and brothers and sisters. We had a ton of kids down here in the uh, kind of in this lower section. We had uh, 38 kids and all the fams with them. And then all of their extended fam and friends that were invited to come be a part were in this area. And we had like over 350 here for a child dedication. 
And man, as, as we took a time to celebrate, there were some worship songs of celebration. I had just a moment of challenge as we came from Deuteronomy that our call is to love the Lord our God. And our call is to teach these little ones up that they might know who Jesus Christ is and someday come to trust Him as Savior. This was a moment of the parents committing their families and committing these little ones that one day they might come to trust Christ. But here's the power moment. Then after that, the families each had a chance to come up and we had different sections up here in front of a cross and they take whatever spot was open and they just took a couple of minutes of prayer time just saying, Lord, we commit our family to love you with all we've got. And Lord, we absolutely commit this little one to teaching them who you are and raising them up in every step that we go through, whether we're rising or sitting down or whatever, may you get all the glory. Some were praying standing, some bowed, and were just pouring it on. And it was a sweet time and uh, just a tender time. We had a lot of grandparents and great-grandparents uh, in the congregation as well yesterday. And uh, just a lot of tears as they're seeing their family making a hardcore commit for Jesus Christ. Hear me, man, this world is calling to pull people away from anything Christ-based. Our job is with all we've got to say, we lean in and we are committed and we are fired up about the king of the universe. And all of God's people said, man, man, it was a huge deal. We had two uh, grandsons getting dedicated yesterday. It was a very tender time for us and uh, just a great celebration time as well. It brings tears to your eyes to see your family taking a stand with God and saying, Lord, we're handing all of this to you. And uh, here was the number one comment I got back afterwards, just talking to different families in the atrium. We do kind of a celebrate afterwards in the hallway and just talking with them. And uh, a number of different people said, this gives me so much hope. Like all I'm seeing around me is people like kind of getting away from Christ, people aging older and but you don't see the youth and the energy and the excitement and the fervor for Christ. Please hear me. Walking for Jesus Christ stirs those around you. 1 Corinthians 14 talks about when the, un, when the believers gather together and they worship Jesus with all they've got, when they're on fire for Christ and celebrating him, the unbelievers see it and they say, surely God is among us. Man, our job is to be a 1 Corinthians 14 church on fire for Jesus Christ. May he get all the glory. Ready? And all of God's people said, may we take a stand. May we simply say, Lord, I love you. I'm in with you. And Lord, I'm training my family up in the way they should go. May they follow you with all they've got. And how are you doing it leading your family to follow Jesus Christ? How are you doing it being fired up about your king? Maybe here's a more specific question. If somebody were to look at your actions, can they tell that you follow Jesus and you're all in? Can they tell? What needs to go if they can't tell? Really take a moment right now. Like, Lord, this needs to change today. It's time for me to live for you. Not in order to earn salvation, but to say thank you for it. Amen. And what needs to go? Are you ready to celebrate Jesus with all you've got? May we receive him and may we lift him up. And all of God's people said, Amen, Amen man. Point number two.
taste. Taste of his sweet grace and truth. Yeah, I love it, man. Hey, we are a church that preaches God's word and we are a church that takes notes, right? (laughs) Gotta love the sound of the notes flipping all over the place. Love it. Taste of his sweet grace and truth that he revealed with all of his glory. He starts out, and the word of God. Everybody say, that's Jesus. And the word, the expression of God into this world, and the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. Literally, God the Son taking on human form. The Holy Spirit working with Mary's body to create a miraculous moment of a physical flesh of a little one. And this physical flesh created Holy Spirit style with the physical side. Then the soul of Jesus Christ infused in this expressed presence of Jesus right there in this little body. And Jesus growing up fully God and fully man. That's what he's talking about. A miracle moment of, yes, the physical body formed and, yes, the soul of Jesus infused in and a massive moment of God among us. And this is all Christmas is. We celebrate at Christmas. Praise God. We have the God who has stepped into our world. Emmanuel. God with us. Jesus Christ. He became flesh and he dwelt among us. It says, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son of the father. I love this sentence. I can't imagine how the Holy Spirit was in stirring with John when he saw this, when he wrote this down. But he's like, and, I, and I'm just going to capture it this way. And the glory of the son of God was shining out in front of us. The glory of Jesus Christ lit. Remember, John is the one who saw Jesus speak and people were stirred and moved. John saw him do miracles, like a miracle that started, say, at the wedding feast at Cana. Right? And he sees water turn to wine. I mean, that's something. It's not really like, maybe affecting a lot of lives, maybe just those who are having the wedding, and they're like, thank you for a little better wedding, you know? But it was more than that. It was more than just a magic trick in the moment. He begins to do these miracle works, and all of a sudden, the lame are standing up The blind are seeing. The dead are alive. John is like, I have seen the glory of the Son of God enter into this universe. I have seen him rock my world. And I will not stay quiet about it. Don't miss this. This is the same John who ended up exiled on the island of Patmos writing the book of Revelation. This is the same John going, this is the glory of the Son of God unveiled in front of us in a huge way. Glory is the only Son of the Father, giving us insight to all that He is. His stunning, perfect, sinless, gentle, yet absolutely powerful life. Jesus Christ, Him at work in our world. It says, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Grace, to be able to give things that we don't deserve. Grace, pouring on the things that are so not what is appropriate for where we're at in our lives with sin, but pouring it on grace and mercy. But more than that, and truth, Jesus standing for what is absolutely right. 
Jesus is full of grace and truth, both together. That is a huge deal. Notice it doesn't say that he is halfway grace and halfway truth. Everybody say, not that. Doesn't say that. Full of grace, full of truth. To the max, full of grace and truth. You know, the reality is we as human beings tend to take on one or the other of those. We're either more of a grace person or we're more of a truth person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for those of you who are like, I don't know what you're saying. You're a grace person, right? Just so you know. <laughs> the reality, your grace or your truth, your mercy, your kindness, your gentleness. You're like, I, I, I care and I want to lean in no matter what's going on. I want to come alongside and hurt with. And that is so awesome. That is our God. He is gentle and he is kind. But hear me, and truth. Taking a stand for what is right. Calling out of sin and getting it done. Absolutely that too. Grace and truth. Man, may we learn to be both and. So let me just say this. Whichever one you are, kind of think of it for a moment. Are you the one who's like more the mercy, the kindness in the middle of, or are you more the truth? Here's what's right. Which one are you? Really get an answer. Okay. Really get it. Now that you got it. What does it look like for you to begin to pick up just a little bit of the other side? Lord, show me a little bit more of this in you and how that can pour into me. Just a little bit more truth, Lord, or maybe a little bit more mercy and gentleness, Lord. Help me, Lord, to see all that you are, not just a sliver of who you are, and to respond. You are full of grace and truth. Praise be to God. Full of grace and truth. Everybody just say grace and truth. And this is our God. This is who we worship. It's a massive deal. It says John, and this is talking about John the Baptist here. John bore witness about him, about Jesus, and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He comes after me, but he ranks before me. Because he was before me. John the Baptist, this is the one I was talking about. And he ranks before me. Now in Jewish culture, you just need to know, the one who comes first actually has preeminence. Right? Even like firstborn. Right? The one who comes first has preeminence. The one who comes after is a little lesser. And so when John points and says, this is he who ranks higher, they're like, no. His ministry is coming after yours. You rank higher. And he's like, no, this is the one who ranks higher than me because he's before me. And they're like, no, no, he's not. <laughs> His ministry came after your ministry. And John's like, no, no, you're missing it. This is the one who is the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. This is the one from eternity past. I'm not talking about the last three months. I'm talking about forever. And I'm a created being and I'm nothing. And this one is God over it all. That's who I'm talking about. He ranks above me. Man, he brought a massive worship in the moment as he put Jesus Christ above him. And why? What was so great about Jesus that he was pointing to? He says... For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Jesus Christ, pouring out forgiveness that we do not deserve. 
dying on a cross to make a payment available for us that we cannot imagine. Taking a pain that we don't understand. This is your God. Grace upon grace. Your God loves you. Your God pouring it on for you. Not in little ways, massive, grace upon grace, life impacting forever. This is a soul-stirring, life-changing, world-altering, eternity-giving God. Grace upon grace. This is your king. Do you know this God? Do you worship this God? And the proof is in him pouring it out to us, what we do not deserve. May God get all the glory. He says, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. The law was given through Moses. This is the commands of the Old Testament. 613 commands are listed in the Old Testament law. Do you know that? 613. How'd you like to follow that? 613. Can you imagine the size of your refrigerator you need to have to put those down as your checklist for the family? 613 commands. That's all you got for today, kids, and then we're good, right? 613. It was in Moses giving the law, but he's like, listen, so much more. We have grace and truth from Jesus Christ. He brings a forgiveness. He gives a healing. He gives us a forever that we have only in him. He alone is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the almighty king, stepped down into this world to dwell among us. God with us. A huge, huge opportunity as he takes us and changes our hearts one little bit at a time. May God get all the glory. Man, in the midst of our struggle, may we recognize that we absolutely have a king who is offering us victory over sin and victory over death. Do you know this, God? And I'm just going to plead a little bit here. Please hear me. The world teaches, dude, whatever you feel, just go after whatever you feel. Right? This be true to yourself kind of statement. It was hard for me to say that without not gagging a little bit. I'm just, you got to be real, man. This is a huge problem. Be true to yourself is a massive issue. When all of a sudden truth from God Almighty is done, his word is set down, his plan is over. Whatever I feel, man, that's where I'm going. This is a terrible, terrible plan. And man, be careful. Because if you're walking through life and your choice is to believe that Jesus is risen, but I'll do whatever I feel. Please be careful when God's not in charge of our life at all. Ready? I'm saying this as tenderly as I can. That's not saved. Man, be careful. Your life is handed over to him. He is in charge. My feelings get in line. My God and his truth, that's where it's at. 
And he is absolutely loving and gracious, and he will walk me through the hardest of struggles. Man, whatever you're walking through, know this, your God loves you. He will be so gentle and so kind as he walks you through a path and shows miraculous healing work. Work with your king. May God get all the glory. This is our call out. May we truly trust in him, the one who brings grace upon grace the one who is full of grace and truth, the one who gives us hope forevermore. Ready? And all of God's people said, says, no one has ever seen God. Here's all it's saying. Nobody has ever seen the fullness of God in full display, on full glory with nothing held back. Us and our sinful broken selves, it would destroy us where we stand. That's what he's saying. Nobody in this human form, has seen him in any way near the fullness of who he is. But check this, man. We're about ready to get into this. Newsflash, we're coming up as we launch it on May 14, Mother's Day, getting into Revelation 20, 21, and 22. And in the end, in Revelation 22, it actually says this, that we, for eternity, will be in the presence of the glory of God. Ready? And we will see him face to face. There will be nothing held back. His glory unleashed to the max, filling everything that we know in our experience around us. No more need for sun and moon. He is absolutely this massive, glorious light pouring in. This nobody sees him, that's for a little bit of time. And then forevermore, we will see him face to face. And all of God's people said, amen, man. It does deserve applause, amen. Don't miss it. You have a God who loves you. And you have a God who pours it on. And this world is selling, just let everybody do whatever they want. And that is not full of grace and full of truth. May we run with our Savior. He is King Almighty. May we recognize Jesus Christ as our God. It says, in describing Jesus, the only God who is at the Father's side. Everybody say, that's Jesus. The only God who is at the Father's side, he's currently ascended into the heavens. He's seated with the Father. It says, he has made the Father known. Jesus, God the Son, right? We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all of them carrying, carrying the full character of God. Father, Son, and Spirit, all of them. And so as Jesus steps into this world and reveals a little bit of the full of grace, full of truth, he is revealing who the Father is. And so we get a little bit of an expression now of who he is through Jesus. And we get an amazing sense as the Holy Spirit begins to move. But we will someday be forever in the face of God, enjoying all of his glory on full expression. This is the hope. God with us and our sin behind us. And God forevermore getting all the praise. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Just a couple of words here. This is coming right out of the song we're going to use to close with today. And may we worship the God who gives us so much, grace upon grace. The words start out, every breath, it is a gift. Every breath I breathe is a gift from God. And just take a moment, take inventory on your breathing. Every one of those gifts of a breath. 
taking the next step. Every breath that is a gift, every moment is a treasure. Your God working in your life, sometimes through the heartaches as he calls you through and shows you what to let go of, sometimes through the celebration, every moment is a treasure. All my past and all my regrets, everything we get to set down, praise Jesus, he has paid for it all, we can trust in him. It says my present and my future and eternity with him as we are adopted children saved because of him says every table is a feast, a feast forevermore. This is our King. This is Jesus welcoming us in. Who is this Jesus? He is God of the universe. He is the one who has clothed himself and stepped in. He loves you with all he's got. He is full of grace and mercy, tenderness and gentleness, and he is full of truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is our hope. May we receive him and believe in him. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Let's pray. 